The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. The Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister of Christ Universal Temple, and our founder is the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. We're starting a new series today titled the title Prosperity's Ten Commandments. Prosperity's Ten Commandments. It is based upon a book of the same name by Georgiana Tree West. Georgiana Tree West. It's a part of the Unity Classic Library. In other words, if you go to unity.org and you go to the online store, you can order the book. On the website, I'm sure some copies on Amazon.com. For those who are at CUT, I'm sure some copies in our bookstore. So my request is, as I go through this series, because obviously I'll be teaching it for a while because it's the Ten Commandments, and therefore I'll be teaching like I normally do, one chapter at a time. So I'll be in this series for a little while. So my request is that you get the, the book, Prosperity's Ten Commandments, do the reading on your own because I'm only hitting the highlights and, you know, I'll go off on a tangent and next thing you know, you know, I've, I've been talking for 15 minutes and then I got to get back to the book. So I'm not seeking to cover all of the points of the book. What I'm trying to do is expose you to information that can transform your life. I'm also trying to break the information down to expound on the information so you can practically apply it to your lives. But there's nothing like doing your own work. So after you listen to the podcast, read the book, or better yet, read the book and and be prepared before I get to that point in the podcast. So when you hear me talking about it, your thinking has processed the material already. So my, my hope is that some of you all already have the book. And for those who don't, please make sure you get it. Again, I don't own this book. I don't have anything to do with this book. Matter of fact, I don't have anything to do with Unity Online Radio outside of, as a host, I'm a UFBL minister, Universal Foundation for Better Living uh, minister, who was ordained by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. So my position on this is I am a stand for your transformation. And whatever material is needed for you to help to help you get to where you want to be spiritually and in life, I want to make sure that you have exposure to it. That's all. That's all. So let's get to the book and let's work with it. So Georgiana Tree West wrote this book, Prosperity's Ten Commandments. Quite a long time ago. Matter of fact, it was written in 1944 originally. So that tells you that this book has been around for a while and it's still in print, which says something about the substance that's in it. Uh, 
If a book has been in print since 1944, that should tell you this book has weight. It has substance. It has practical spiritual principles in it that can help people live better lives. And that's key. So Prosperity's Ten Commandments is a play, obviously, on the Ten Commandments that were given by Moses to the children of Israel as recorded in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 20. Therefore, the, the Prosperity Ten Commandments try to play off of the commandment that it's referencing. So in other words, there's the original commandment, and then there's the prosperity version of it. It's not meant to replace it. It's, re- it's meant to enhance it, to give us another way of thinking about it so we can understand the Ten Commandments in the context of prosperity and abundance. And again, the reason why I'm, I teach so many prosperity and abundance courses on this show is because when I talk to people, this is the thing that they're working on. People are trying to be in the space or seeking to be in the space of financial freedom uh, or to or to create their own business or to work with ideas that will allow them to fulfill their dreams. And to do all of those things, they need the information. They need to know how to work these spiritual principles or universal laws so they can achieve the dreams of their heart, the visions of their soul, the ambitions of their mind. It's important to understand that when you don't know how to do something and you want to do it, that can create frustration unless you go find out how to do it. So just just by the mere fact that you're listening to this show tells me that you're seeking how to do it, how to apply spirituality into your everyday life in a way that enhances it, makes it better, changes it for the better, transforms it. All right. So again, Prosperity's Ten Commandments is based upon the Ten Commandments as given by Moses to the children of Israel. So if you have the book, I'm going right to page 15, which is the first commandment. The first prosperity commandment is, you shall look to no other source but God for your supply. I will repeat it. You shall look to no other source but God for your supply. It is a play on Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You should have no other gods before me. All right. So the chapter starts off with a question from Pontius Pilate. It says, Pilate's question, what is truth? John 18, 38 is the cry of every person's soul at some time in his or her existence. Then in the next paragraph, she states, truth is a state in which spirit dwells, a state of perfection that is eternally, creatively active. Truth may be briefly defined as the action of spirit. Now, that's a good way of defining it. I would just, you know, when you start talking about truth with a capital T, now lowercase t, with an uppercase t rather, is saying this is the 
this is what is true about God. Therefore, if it's true about God, it's permanent, it's enduring or eternal, and it's unchange and it's and it's unchangeable. So what that means is if it's true about God, it was, it is, and always will be. So if God is good, God was good, God is good, and God will always be good. If God's will for humanity is absolute good, it was absolute God's will was absolute good, is absolute good, and will be absolute good because it's eternally creatively active. Then she goes on to say, as such, it is unlimited in nature. Oh, truth is unlimited in nature? Hmm, that's interesting. So the limit of anything is never on truth. The limit is on the user of truth, the conduit of truth, the vessel of truth, the mind's comprehension of truth. It goes on to say, and cannot be confined within the restrictions of time or space. So truth transcends what we call time and space. Because how can you have time and space in allness? Now I'll let that pause. I was going to break that down, but I just want to let that statement just sit by itself. How can you have time and space in allness? It just is. He goes, she goes on to write, in other words, truth once voice is true under any circumstance for all eternity. So if somebody taught a principle that was true in China in 500 BC or BCE, if it's a truth, it's true now. Or it's not a truth. And it'll be true 500 years from now or 5,000 years from now. Or five million years from now. Or it's not a truth. This is why Jesus stated in the Gospel of John. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. I love that scripture. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. What that tells me, at least, is known truth frees. Known truth frees. In other words, anywhere where I am experiencing bondage in my life, in any level or capacity, there is a truth I don't understand. Because you can't have truth without freedom. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now, people can argue and debate about things, but you got to realize freedom is in the mind. Let me give an example of how you could be free and people not know it and Based upon human standards, we would say a person's not free. The day before Martin Luther King was assassinated, he 
was scheduled to speak at a church and he wasn't feeling well physically and he wasn't going to go. But uh, his comrades called him and he gave one of his most famous speeches. And I think personally, one of the most iconic speeches I've ever heard. Uh, It moves me to this day because it was recorded. And Martin Luther King spoke about his freedom. I don't fear any man. I don't fear death. Freedom. I've been to the promised land. Freedom. I've already been there. He was talking about that while the civil rights battles were still being fought heavily in the 60s. But God had already shown him, showed him rather, excuse me, and he experienced the freedom. He was free. Now, when you put this in the context of prosperity, that sense of well-being that you shall look to no other source but God for your supply when you know that you know that you know that you know God is my source. God is my source. Everything else is a channel for my good. The job, the significant other or spouse, the parents or children, the family or friends, businesses, investments, bank accounts, etc. Whatever your occupation is, all channels. And if every channel was removed, God will create a new one because God is the source. That's a different type of mentality. Because it's true everywhere. Back to the book. Page 16. She wrote, the first commandment is the very foundation of Christianity. You should have no other gods before me. We are to acknowledge no other source of life, love, wisdom, and power other than our creator. Only with this secure foundation can we bring into manifestation our spiritual perfection. In this same commandment, we find the only sound basis for the manifesting of permanent prosperity. It is prosperity's first commandment. You shall look to no other source but God for your supply. You shall look to no other source but God for your supply. It removes the fear and gives you freedom when you have a realization of what this statement means. There's some people I know that no matter where they land, they can make money. No matter what. If if they're in their right mind, if they have their rational faculties together, 
no matter where they go, they will attract money. They will find employment. They will create businesses. They will have ideas, no matter what. Then some folks can be around opportunity all the time in every direction and will find a way to be limited because you can't outperform your own consciousness. Back to the book. Bottom of page 17. And again, I'm jumping over stuff and jumping over stuff. That's why I want you to get the book, Prosperity's Ten Commandments. Bottom of page 17 says, uh, the, uh, this understanding was a necessary preparation for the revelation of Jesus that God dwells in us. That's key. So I'm not going outside of myself for my good. I'm not going outside of myself to contact my source. Then it goes on to say, the revelation of Jesus that God dwells in us has already provided for our every need and awaits only our expression of trust in God and our acceptance of God's bountiful blessings to deliver them into our lives. So this statement reminds me of something that uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman used to say, was we used to say Johnny, and Johnny used to say when she was uh, obviously on this side of, the, of, of existence, she would say, God has already done all there is to do. And it's such a profound statement. God has already done all there is to do. Can you accept the abundance, the health, the peace that God has already created and provided? It's our job to shape and form, or as I would say, create out of the creation what that looks like for you. But God has already done all there is to do. There's no more abundance than there will ever be in the universe. All the abundance that ever will exist already exists now. Waiting to be brought into expression. When I was growing up, I, I, we had no concept of something like an Amazon.com that could create hundreds of billions of dollars. So much money that the owner of it is worth like $140 billion or something like that. Well, where did all that money come from? It was already here on the physical plane. Waiting for the right idea to attract it, the right consciousness to attract it, the right application to attract it. So money is out there right now. But we have to recognize that I can't look to any other source but God for my supply. And when I can do that, then we can pray that prayer that Reverend Ike used to pray, pray all the time. God, give me a money-making idea. 
God, give me a money-making idea. God, give me a money-making idea. Because Napoleon Hill teaches in Think and Grow Rich, which I teach on Wednesday nights at Christ Universal Temple, currently, uh, up until the end of November, that one idea is all you need. Properly understood and applied to create wealth. One idea. One idea. God, give me a money-making idea. Back to the book. So the author gives some promises given in the Bible that go along with this statement. Page 18, Job chapter 22, verse 11. Agree with God and be at peace in this way. Good will come to you. Then Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. And in Psalms we find, Psalm 104, 28. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. And then Jesus' statement from Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hmm. So it goes on to say in the next chapter, with faith in God, we fear no evil and poverty is an evil. It is the cause of sin and misery and fills our jails and our hospitals to overflowing. Now this is key because I think people will miss this. Charles Fillmore wrote in the book Prosperity in 1936, a radical statement that I heard uh, Johnny say when I first came to CUT. He wrote, it is a sin to be poor. It is a sin to be poor. Now, not sin as a moral violation, because that's how many times people teach sin, but sin from the concept of the original Hebrew language to miss the mark to miss the mark because when we see poverty poverty creates or poverty can generate fear anxiety frustrations anger disappointment doubt and other things that create that that um, allow the context through which or the paradigm through which people start figuring out alternative ways to make it in life. So when you see poverty or extreme poverty, many times you also see the abuses of humanity, high crime, high levels of drug and alcohol addiction, prostitution, uh, lack of education, which those things then lead to jail and then going back to jail and then going back to jail. So looking at the 
the concept of poverty as a sin changes things. In other words, if I am a child of the creator and the creator put within the created the capacity to create their own life, then the experience of poverty is inconsistent with the truth about God and the truth about you. Because in God, there's abundance. And if I'm the image and likeness of God, and if you are the image and likeness of God, you are also the image and likeness of abundance. So, it is important for you to recognize that any belief or concept that you have to suffer, that you have to uh, be poor and not have because that makes you more spiritual or anything of that nature is, in my opinion, ridiculous. If somebody else wants to live that life, excuse me, God bless them, but don't try to impose it on me. Because how can I help myself, let alone help somebody else, when I don't have even the basic necessities of life? How can I experience the beauty of life and be a stand for the things I believe in, support the things I believe in, like I mentioned in the last series on tithing, if I am more worried about Robbing Peter to pay Paul, as the proverb says. I don't want not proverb from the Bible. I'm talking about a human colloquial proverb. Robbing Peter to pay Paul, meaning you're broke. So we have to reevaluate how we view prosperity and how we view poverty. And then look at, at how that affects what we do. So it's time for us to take the break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. 
Get that. Extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what the Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Follow Unity Online Radio on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with all your favorite shows. Become a fan by clicking the like button. You can join in with a Facebook Live event or just like and share our post. Be the first to find out about any big special guests that might be appearing on the air or any events at Unity Village. We want to hear from you. Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. Thanks for listening. Look who's making a difference in the world. It's the New Thought Walden Award honorees. Profiled in Unity Magazine, the September-October edition, Unity has joined with its New Thought partners to honor 27 leaders serving in the areas of spirituality, healing, interfaith understanding, caring for the earth, and social activism. These are people you need to know about. Pick up Unity Magazine or go online to WaldenAwards.com. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I get back into the book, let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. My request is that you go to UnityOnlineRadio.org uh, or Unity.fm. It goes to the same place. And um, click on the Donate Now button and help support this online ministry. Again, this ministry, online ministry, goes all over the world. I have people contacting me from five or six different countries in the continent of Africa and, you know, all over the United States, Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America. So that's just this one show. And... We have multiple shows or multiple hosts who have different things that they're teaching. Therefore, we're all over the place. But we need your support. So I want you, again, to please consider giving back and supporting what you say is supporting you. Because if you're listening to this show or these shows, 
it's because you're getting value from it. We live in a world that is screaming for your attention, screaming for your dollar. And the simple fact is you stop and listen to this podcast, whether live or later or years from now, means that you're finding value in it. So please help us continue to spread the word and get this message of abundance out to the world. Uh, I want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you like the page and, you know, share things that you see that are posted on the page. I also request that you give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. And this show is also on iTunes podcast. Uh, Apple devices have a podcast app. And if you put in Truth Transforms or Galen McDowell, I think it comes up easier with Galen McDowell. But anyway... Uh, you can listen and even download all of these podcasts to your device directly. So even if you're not don't have the internet, you can take me anywhere you want to go. It's also available with the Stitcher app, which is an online radio app for Android devices. Again, my request is that you give it a five star rating on iTunes Podcast or Stitcher, and give the show a positive write up. And again, it helps with the algorithms and gets it out in front of people who could benefit from this show. We just want to get the word out. It's important that we're, we do our part in the transformation of human consciousness. A little bit longer to go before uh, I uh, start doing some coaching work. I've been mentioning it, mentioning it for the last four or five weeks. So before the end of the month, I'll have something to tell you on that front. Uh, A few other things I do want to get across before we get back to the book. One of our hosts, Mae McCarthy, who wrote the book, The Path to Wealth, she will be at Christ Universal Temple this Saturday and Sunday. For those who live in the Chicagoland area and would like to attend, call the church at 773-568-2282, 773-568-2282. 773-568-2282 and let the receptionist know that you want to attend because we need registration because we have handouts and things of that nature. She'll be uh, speaking from 12 noon until 2.30 p.m. Central Time. And then she'll be our guest speaker on Sunday morning from 10.30 a.m. to noon Central Time uh, teaching her new book, The Gratitude Formula. She'll do a book signing both days after her um, presentations, and you will definitely want to hear her. She's awesome. I think, I, you know, I've, I've met her in person once, I actually interviewed her on the show last year, and she, along with her husband, are awesome people. So I just want to make sure that you take advantage of that opportunity. Also a reminder that Christ Universal Temple is in the midst of its 62nd anniversary, so she'll be the first speaker for the 62nd anniversary of Christ Universal Temple. I just want to just make sure that I acknowledge it. A few other quick things really fast, and we'll get back to the book. I just want to give my condolences to the family of the Reverend Dr. Blaine Mays, who who was the president and CEO leader of the International New Thought Alliance for over 40 years. I just want to acknowledge he was a great friend of of Johnny, Reverend Coleman, and I just want to make sure that I acknowledge 
the commitment and the work that he did to move this movement forward. You just have to acknowledge people who he started working in the ministry in the 1940s. So you can't do nothing other than just say, God be the glory, good job, good and faithful servant. So we can get back to, oh, one other thing. For those who buy the Mastermind Journal from Renaissance Unity, uh, the Mastermind Journal 2019 has uh, a page uh, that I wrote in it called Know Who You Are, or I, or I Know Who I Am, excuse me. It's, if you go to the month of June, you see my page. So if you get the journal, look it up. If you don't get the journal, now you have a reason to get it. Again, it's sold by Renaissance Unity. And I'm sure you can find that online, the Mastermind Journal 2019. Back to the book. All right. I'm going to jump over a few things because it's so much material in this book. So page 20, it, it is written that, uh, let me, in Prosperity's Ten Commandments, page 20, poverty is a form of hell caused by blindness to God's good. Like the ostrich, we often bury our heads in the sand of poverty and cannot see the riches of the Father's kingdom within ourselves and all around us. So poverty is a form of hell. Now, hell, you know, from a new thought metaphysical perspective, is not the place you go to after you've lived a physical life, but is the experience of the, the individual who has a sense of separation from God. It's the anguish and torment that goes along with feeling as though you're separated from God and you're good. And when you can't feed your children, when you can't take care of your responsibilities, when you can't do the things that you feel as though you need to be able to do because you don't have the resources, that is a form of hell. That is a form of hell. You know, uh, you know, often, you know, you know, would listen to my my dad and my uncles and auntie talk about growing up in the projects of Chicago and you know and how tough it was you know growing up in hellish conditions where your mom has to walk you to school elementary school with a pistol out just to keep the gangs from you you know um you know you know, drugs and violence and gangs and and crime and violence always at your doorstep and how hard my grandfather worked to get the family out of the projects because he understood that it was a form of hell. He had to get his family out. And he did what he needed to do, sun up to sundown. And I remember as a little boy, him waking up at three thirty, four o'clock to go work at the Ford plant and do what he needed to do to make sure that his family had what it needed. And why is that important? It's important because poverty as a form of hell conditions people to be resigned to what's going on around them. You know, one of the things that's interesting about resignation is people who give up hope often 
also try to have other people give up hope because they believe they're right and they want other people to be in alignment with their wrong thought that they believe is right. You know, I, you'll see this sometimes in, in communities where a person is giving up hope and they'll say, well, your vote doesn't matter. Why are you going to these elections and votes? People want to put in there who they want to put in there. Yeah. And that's why people spend billions of dollars a year to make sure that they have the politicians in place to be able to get the policies they want, to get the judges they want, to get the laws that they want passed. But poverty is, is a form of hell that affects the thinking that creates resignation, that creates the lack of hope, that creates the lack of faith, that, that creates the procrastination because a person's it, it, a person has allowed life to snuff out the dream and the, and the vision and the mission and purposes that God has placed in their souls. So opportunity can be around all around them, but they can't see it. But learning to recognize God as the source and God alone as the source gives you an ability to see out of what you're dealing with. So this is how the author wrote it. And again, I'm jumping over stuff in this chapter because this chapter is fabulous. So again, I recommend that you get the book. And I know some people say, well, I'm not a reader. But let me just tell you, readers are leaders. Readers are leaders. And I believe in listening to things. because I listen to stuff all the time. But the ability to read and stop and contemplate, read, stop and contemplate is is a skill that every leader needs. Or let me rephrase that. If you're a leader and a real true leader, trust me, you're reading. You're, you're training your mind to critically think and evaluate information. But anyway, back to the book. When Jesus revealed God as spirit, living intelligence, he made it easier for us to understand God's omnipresence as a creative power, instantly ready to respond to the call of faith, limitless supply, ever seeking expression and form. So I just want to stop on this part. Instantly ready to respond. God is as instant as you are. God is as instant as you are, ready to respond to the call of faith. So what activates this omnipresent abundance in your life? Your faith. That's why Jesus talked about faith so much. Jesus didn't say, according to your imagination, be it done unto you. Jesus didn't say, according to your love, be it done unto you. Jesus didn't say, according to your enthusiasm, be it done unto you. Jesus didn't even say, according to your forgiveness, be it done unto you. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. The call of faith activates the power in your life. Faith turns the key to the power. According to your faith, is the author says the creative power is instantly ready to respond to the call of faith, 
And and then she says something else that's powerful. Limitless supply ever seeking expression and form. So the limitless supply, the ideas of God or the ideas of good are seeking expression. Trying to find people who will use these ideas of good to bring about the manifested abundance into the world. Going down. Let me now let me go to the next sentence because this is good. All growth in nature illustrates the way potential power expands into a myriad of forms under the right conditions. An acorn has all the potentialities of the mighty oak, but its outer shell, shell and inner meat show no evidence of the tree that is to be. However, the tree is there as potential power, power that remains static until the right conditions of moisture, heat, and nourishment are provided. That's key. Great analogy. Within us, there is almighty power, the power that God has given us in which lies the potentiality of all the good our hearts can ever desire. This power is static until brought forth into expression by conditions furnished by mind. Nourished by faith, it expresses itself in forms shaped by thought. She just gave the whole shebang. Let me read it again because I don't want to make sure you didn't miss it. But get the book so you can read it yourself. She wrote, within us there is an almighty power, the power that God has given us in which lies the potentiality of all the good our hearts can ever desire. The power is static until brought forth into expression by conditions furnished by mind. Nourished by faith, it expresses itself in form shaped by thoughts. Jesus said it this way. Matthew chapter 13 verse 3. And he told them many things in parables saying, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But the sun rose; they were, uh, but the, when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Others. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. So, the condition of the mind determines how the power acts in your life. We have to create the mental environment that allows spirit to show up abundantly. So she goes on to say, bottom of page 20, the first step then is manifest in manifesting supply is to establish faith 
an omnipresent spiritual substance as the source of all that is. God's infinite potential, God's infinite possibility, mind essence, omnipresence, infinite supply. I've heard so many terms for this term, spiritual substance, it's unreal. We say in UFBL, everything that exists or ever will exist is pressed out of the body of God in different degrees of manifestation. It's all coming from the same source, the same foundation, the same fundamental truth. I've read quantum physicists trying to explain this mind essence or energy. Some people even call it the uh, the divine matrix, the void, uh, the God particle, all type of terms. The idea that I want to get across to you is this. God as substance is the source of your supply. So she goes on to write, God is my supply, bottom of page 20. God is spiritual su substance everywhere present. Therefore, my supply is everywhere present. So I don't have to create the conditions. My mind is the condition, not my physical location. That's why the paraphrase of scripture, we can make a paradise out of the desert or the wilderness. Because it's because God isn't limited to your conditions. This is why it is stated in Ezekiel. Son of man, can these bones live? Yes. Okay. Prophesy or speak the word to the dead bones. If I'm in a valley of dry bones, dry dead bones, the people have been deceased so long that the bones are just there. No remnants of flesh, just dry bones. And even in a valley of dry bones, God's abundance is there. But it calls for us to do something. Prophesy to the bones. Speak the word to the bones. And you speaking the word to the bones activates the power that was even in the bone that you thought was dry. So she wrote it this way, page 21. My acknowledgement of God's omnipresent spiritual substance delivers it into my life as the fulfillment of my needs. Hmm. Page 22, I'm jumping over a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff. So you have to get the book yourself. But you know what? It is what it is. Make the commitment to your own growth. Get the book. Make the, you know, no excuses. Get the book. If you don't have money, I would look online and research and see if somebody downloaded it somewhere. Somehow I would get the book. No excuses. Page 22. She wrote, when we fail to receive our daily bread, it is because we cannot receive God's good while we are thinking in terms contrary to that good. Am I thinking out of alignment with the good that I desire? 
because I'm supposed to have my daily bread. But here's the part that, G, that, that Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer. It says that you proclaim, give us this day our daily bread. You're calling it forth. She goes on to write, if, you want, if we want a beautiful home, we do not think of going to the slums to look for it. If we want God's good, we must stop slumming in our mind. It is a law of mind that whatever is held in mind eventually must appear in form. If we pray for one thing, but think another, it is the thing we think about that is going to shape itself in our daily lives. We're going to read that again. It is a law of mind that whatever is held in mind must appear in form. If we pray for one thing, but think another, it is the thing we think about that is going to shape itself in our daily lives. Mm. So when I pray about it, I have to think about it. When I pray about it, I have to feel it. When I pray about it, I have to believe it. When I pray about it, I have to accept it. When I pray about it, I have to talk from the realization that is mine. Because I can't pray one thing and then think, feel, speak, believe, act, and react in a way that's inconsistent with what I'm praying about. This is the secret of new thought that people miss. People love to talk about their problems. Now, if it's people that you need to talk about, if you have a health challenge, talk to your doctors and the loved ones that need to know only. But even then, you got to be mindful of how you accept the language. Because if I'm praying for health, I don't need to be having conversation after conversation after conversation about the itis this and the rightest that. And if I'm praying for abundance, I don't need to be engaged in conversations about lack. It's almost like we're trying to outdo somebody's problem. You, you, you think that's bad. Let me tell you what I'm dealing with. Or oh, somebody I know. Oh, or whatever. And I'm not saying that don't be a, a civil servant. Vote. Be responsible. Know what's going on in your local, state, county, federal government. I'm saying all of that, but don't be absorbed by it. Observe what, but but don't get absorbed. Because if your language and your mind is stayed on what you don't like, you got to get more of what you don't like. Because she wrote, it is a law of mind that whatever is held in mind must appear in form. We need to get that. God is the source. Page 24, jumping over another lot of good stuff again, but I only got about a minute left. Bottom paragraph. God never limits us. We limit ourselves by filling our minds with fears, doubts, worries, and false beliefs that prevent us from accepting our divine heritage of abundant good. 
limitation is never from God. So, next week, we're going to cover the second commandment of prosperity. And the second commandment is, you shall make no mental images of lack. You shall make no mental images of lack. Get the book. Let's be prepared to talk about it, to call in, uh, which I will be offering now that I've knocked out this first chapter during the series. Later on in the series, in November, I'll have some guests that will come on with me to also uh, talk about some of this material so you can get some other interesting perspectives and give us an opportunity to bounce some ideas off of each other. So God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.